I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Irish Times Business Podcast in association with Irish Life. We can help your company and your employees look forward to tomorrow. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. This week I went inside Lidl's new store in Fortunestown in Talla. It hit the headlines for all the wrong reasons in March after it was bulldozed and looted by locals during the snow of Storm Emma. Lidl has since undertaken a multi-million euro rebuild of the store, making it one of the biggest and most modern in its network in Ireland. Inside Business was given a sneak preview of the new store this week in advance of its reopening on Thursday. And in a couple of minutes, you'll hear from Lidl's property director, Alan Barry, who gave me a tour of the supermarket. But I began by asking a couple of the locals for their thoughts on the new shop. They're opening a, a bigger, uh, better, shinier store. Are you looking forward yeah. to it? Yeah, yeah, I am. I don't, like I've heard some stores. I don't know what they're true. There's a cafe in it, and there's a clothes shop and stuff like that. You get some great deals in Little Ireland. I just hope people respect it this time. But there was such an outcry from locals of what they what they done. So the new Little store is opening in a couple of days' time. It closed in March. Do you use it? Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I have to go shopping to dance store now. Like it was much more handy for me earlier when Needle was here, and I'm looking forward to, uh, yeah, for it to be open now. And it's just like it's cheaper and it's closer for me. So I'm standing in Lidl in Fortune Sound, the new store that the company is about to open. I'm with Alan Barry, the property director of the company. The store has been closed since March second. Famously, when the uh, store was demolished by a bulldozer uh, during the snow, people might remember that it went viral on YouTube. Alan, you might just describe to us what we're seeing here. Yes, so um, obviously, as you described, um, we had an incident in the store uh, earlier on in the year during the snowstorm, and since then we spent the last uh, four or five months uh, rebuilding the store. So what we have opening on Thursday morning is, I suppose, a larger um, store for our customers, um, increased range, increased products. Um, You're standing here in front of what will be a larger extended fresh bakery, so how big was the store previously? The store was about 1,000 square metres sales floor, and now it's 1,700 square metres sales floor. So it's about 50 to 60% larger than the previous store. Just in terms of the structure of the store, I mean, one thing that struck me, and a few other people mentioned it to me as well, was just how easily the store collapsed when the bulldozer uh, hit it, you know, when the sort of big arm came down on top of the store. It just sort of seemed to collapse like a house of cars. This looks like it's a much more sturdy construction. I'm looking at some very significant... Uh, beams uh, holding the ceiling up here. I suspect it won't. Uh, that won't happen again. Well, I'm not an expert in uh, driving bulldozers, but um, anytime you put a bulldozer into a building, I suppose it does come down easy enough. But yeah, um, the structure of these buildings is very different than our than our previous stores. You can see here that we have um, wooden glue lamp beams in the store. So actually, the store 
the total store is designed, I suppose, with sustainability in mind. So you might notice at the front, we have full-height glazing. That's to maximise the amount of light that comes into the store, minimise our requirement for actual lighting in the store, and then our glue down beams obviously source from sustainable wood forests as well. So it's a large part of our building mechanism. We have heat recovery in our buildings, LED lighting, so everything is built around sustainability in mind. So it's a different model than what some of our customers would have been used to seeing in the past. And Alan, you didn't hang around obviously in rebuilding the store, but I just wonder whether you considered actually closing the store, given what happened, because it wasn't very nice, obviously, and it made the headlines for Lidl for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, no, absolutely we did. Um, So, like yourselves, um, I watched the events of that night unfold on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, Uh, so my phone was obviously hopping at the time. Um, I live quite close to here, but obviously, like everyone else, I was uh, grounded in my own home. I couldn't get out. Um, So we took everything into account and we looked at exactly what happened, but what's been phenomenal over the last five months is our customers and our staff. So we've had flowers delivered to our head office. We've had local schools make us cards, send us postcards. So it was very clear very early on that the community and... 99% 99% of the community or 100% of the community um, really wanted us back in the community and it's important both for our customers in the locality and for our staff that we did rebuild the store and we weren't going to allow the actions of a very, very small few to take away a service that is uh, very much appreciated and very obvious that it is appreciated in the last number of months. Yeah. What happened to the staff who were working here at the time? So the staff were redeployed to local stores so um, very soon after the event, obviously, it was quite traumatic for the store staff, albeit that they weren't here at the time. Um, they were looking potentially at their livelihoods um, being destroyed, but uh, that wasn't a question for us. Straight away, we redeployed all the staff to whatever store locally suited them, and all staff over the last week have been coming back into the store and will be back in the store from Thursday morning again. Right. How many staff will you have here in total? We have about 30 staff in total in the store. Um, so that's a slight increase on what we had previously. So we've created about five to ten new roles in the store. And all, again, high-paying roles as we consider them. So we're one of the first retailers to sign up to the living wage back in 2016. And we've updated that every time that the living wage has come out since. And Alan, what's the investment in building a store like this? It's a multi-million euro investment. A huge investment, as you can see from looking around. It's not simple. We've um, increased the store considerably, about 60%. But what's important for us is our business model and our not just our sustainability that I spoke about, but Lidl operates on an efficient business model. So the larger store creates efficiencies in our business model. It creates efficiencies with our pack-out. So rather than having 10 tins of biscuits on the shelf, we can now have 20 tins of biscuits on the shelf. So it means that we need to pack out less frequent. Similarly with our LED lighting, our natural lighting, it's all actually a cheaper store to run than our previous stores. So Hmm. there's um, definitely a huge cost in a new store. But our so business we, model is all about efficiencies. About? Five million, ten million, more? No, you're under five million. But all in, we've purchased a piece of land here as well to increase our car parks. So you're talking multi-millions when you uh, include the land purchase and the development as well. Okay, let's take a walk around and have a look at some products. Yes, yeah, so the yeah. first thing you're looking at here is our extended bakery range. Unfortunately, we've no bakery products <laughs> in, in it at the minute. But if you come back here in 48 hours, it should be full and smelling lovely. Across from that, we have our fruit and veg range, year on year. We've been um, commended by our customers for our fresh offering, especially in our fruit and veg. And it's one of the parts of our stores that uh, we're regarded as being the freshest retailer in the industry and have got industry awards recognising that. How many products would you have in store, Alan? So we've gone in the last five years from having a range of about 1,600, 1,700 items to now having over 2,000 items. What we're trying to create is 
a shop that not only provides best quality and the best prices for our customers but also allows them to do their full shop because the perception would have been out there that you can go to a discount and you can get certain items and you need to go to a supermarket for additional items so what we're continuously trying to do is make sure that we have every single item for our customers okay, but it's still only a fraction really of what some of the other uh, supermarket retailers would have on their shelves isn't it absolutely so if you compare some of the larger multiples they may have up to 20,000 30,000 items on their shelves um, we will never have 20,000 items on our shelves. The simplicity and efficiency of our business model is, and the prices, the reason we can sell our items at such good prices is because we have one item. I think the other thing that would concern Irish people is how much or how many of these products are actually sourced locally in Ireland, or are grown here or produced here, etc., and how many are imported? Yeah, so we, we pride ourselves on working with in excess of 200 Irish suppliers. Um, what a lot of people don't realise is that a company like Lidl is only in the Irish market for 20 years. So we've grown from 16, 17 Irish suppliers in 2000 to having well in excess of 200 Irish suppliers today. So in September, so in a month's time, we'll be bringing in our Kickstart range back into our stores. So our Kickstart range is every year we give local artisan Irish producers the opportunity to display and to sell their products in Lidl stores. So we've had over 200 applicants um, who have applied to come on, on board with that. Not alone is that just getting your products into Lidl stores, you actually get to go through the full process with Lidl. So you get some advice from our marketing department, from our buyers, from our facilities department, to exactly how you go about bringing a small artisan supplier into a larger square. We're also part of um, Bordbia's Origin Green programme. And one major thing that we have as an international supermarket is that we have huge export potential. So we actually export well in excess of 230 million of Irish produce to other Lidl countries across Europe, so to 26 countries. For example, twice a year every year, we have Irish Week across our 10,500 Lidl stores across Europe, and a lot of Lidl countries actually um, have full-time Irish blocks within their stores. So just tell us what we're seeing as we're turning the corner here, Alan. The first thing you're walking by here on your on your right is um, actually an empty shelf, but it will be full of fish products next week. Um, a lot of our fish products actually come from Kyohans in Bantry. So we talked there about Irish suppliers earlier on. I was down in the factory there a couple of months ago. So it's phenomenal to see a little factory, like or a large factory now like Kyohans. But back 15 years ago when we started working with Kyohans, they were pretty much a small factory. Kyohans not alone supply Lidl now with all their fish, but we also, they also export fish to Lidl in the UK. So another good news story, similar to our bakery items. Um, we work uh, Our bakery items, are, a lot of them are supplied by Penelto in Longford, and they recently signed a multi-million euro deal with Lidl in the UK to export from Longford into the UK as well. We're standing here now. This is sort of the section where you have some of your specials uh, which come in presumably every week and there's constant uh, turnover. Just tell us a little bit about the, the thinking uh, behind this. How does, it, how does it work? How do you decide each week what you're going to introduce into the store? Yes, yeah, so um, a number of times per year, obviously we choose our different uh, non-food specials. So we have non-food on special every Monday and Thursday morning for our customers. And uh, yeah, it offers something different to the Irish consumer that they would be used to in standard retail offerings in that we continuously change the offer. So the, I suppose the main selling point of our specials is they are specials. They're, they're here for one week. They're a special price, a special offer. And unfortunately, if you come in next week, more than likely they will be gone.
Okay, so we can see a gardening range here on the right-hand side and on the left-hand side, it, it looks like a lot of uh, cookery-related, kitchen-related products. Yeah, so we're, we're continuously changing the ranges, so um, you'll not see, or if you do see one item, it could be a year before you see the item again. Um, and again, it's based on different times of year for different items, so we would have had a very strong back-to-school range um, in the last couple of weeks for schools. But what's always interesting with our ranges is the prices. So we offered a back-to-school range where a student could be fully clothed for under €5. Euro. And that's the main selling point on our non-food, is that the prices are basically uncomparable in the market. If you look to the right of you here, you'll see a 43-inch HD smart TV for €349. Euro. So again, uh, we believe that that's uncomparable in the market. Can I just ask you about maybe, have you met resistance? I'm sure you must have met resistance somewhere along the way within the Irish uh, retail trade or grocery sector because what you guys are doing here is obviously offering low prices and a lot of choice for consumers, but um, it has a knock-on effect for somebody else in the market, doesn't it? Yeah, well, the, biggest, the biggest barrier we have at the minute is in relation to the planning system and planning applications within our stores. So unfortunately, we are experiencing pretty much um, 100% of the time we experience uh, objections to every one of our store bills from either Tesco or um, Orgy Data, which is Musgraves. Um, so it's very competitive out there. The market is very competitive. Um, the planning system is potentially slowing us down. It's slowing down the creation of jobs. Um, it's not slowing down our expansion um, because we're developing stores in correctly zoned um, sites. It will come. It just does take a little bit longer with the planning system which allows anyone effectively to object including your competitors to all of your expansion stores so alan we're walking into the beer and wine section which i presume is one of uh, one of the most popular in store i visited myself uh, from time to time <laughs> and you're kind of known for uh, for value in this area just tell us a little bit about the thinking behind this and and how you stock it up yeah so again we're quite unique in our buying power in wine and spirits um a lot of the wines, the red wines, the white wines, the quality wines are the in-out wines that we have. Um, we're sourcing them for 10,500 stores across Europe. So our, the price that we can offer our consumer is extremely competitive. And then we have what's, again, unique to Lidl is we have our in-out section, so wines from across the world. Because we're, we, we operate in a number of countries, we have uh, wines coming from, be it Germany, Italy, Spain, France, and we get very good buying power on them. So we're able to pass that uh, good value back onto the customer again. So what's the best bottle of wine you'd have in stock, do you reckon? I wouldn't be able to advise you that because I'm not a huge wine drinker, but some of these girls might. Yeah. <laughs> That's one what of our more popular, yeah. you know, this the Safe Bear Reserva. Yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, I'd probably drink any glass of wine they put in front of me. But, uh, New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs, the, the 849 one. And then a big one as well would be our Prosecco. Um, so there's two different options. One's like a six euro offering and the other one's about 11, so they'd be hugely popular in store as well. And just in terms of alcohol sales, uh, what proportion of uh, shops' uh, turnover would be from alcohol sales, um, typically? Al- alcohol sales would be a relatively small part of actual unit sales, obviously more from a turnover point of view with um, the value of it. And I think there's a lot of commentary in the market at the minute in relation to the growth of alcohol sales over the past 12 to 16 weeks with the summer weather that we've had. And we've experienced similar figures around that, not just with our alcohol range, but with our fresh meat and poultry range with our freezer range and especially our ice creams as well so 
definitely it's a growing market, but it comes in ebbs and flows. We're going to take a short break now. When we return, I'll be talking to Alan Barry about Lidl's plans to grow its business in Ireland. Back in a few moments. Only 29% of us know how much we need to live on in retirement. Irish Life is changing that with Empower, a new approach to company pensions that helps change the way your employees think about their future. For more, go to irishlifeempower.ie or talk to your pension consultant. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Irish Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. All information sourced for Irish Life June 2015. Welcome back. This is Inside Business with Kieran Hancock. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast for free on iTunes, and it's also available on our website, irishtimes.com forward slash podcasts. Now, this week, I visited Lidl's new store in Fortunestown in Tala, where I spoke to Alan Barry, the German Discounts Property Director, and he told me about the company's future growth plans for Ireland. Alan, let's just talk a little bit about the grocery market. How many stores does Lidl have now in the Republic? Um, we've a hundred and fifty-six stores in the South and 38 stores in Northern Ireland. And um, we have very ambitious plans for expansion, both in Southern Ireland and Northern Ireland. And we hope to hit uh, 200 stores on the island within the next 12 months. And our ambition in the south is, within the next five to seven years, to hit 200 stores as well. Um, It's one of, I suppose, one of our major growth tactics in that, uh, compared to any other retailer across Ireland, we are growing faster than other retailers. Um, We're opening eight new stores this year. We're knocking and rebuilding or modernising up to 15 new stores every year. So customers can expect to see um, something similar to what you're seeing here in Fortunestown across the width and breadth of the country over the next five to ten years. And when you get to 200, are you maxed out at that point? Because Ireland's a small market at the end of the day. I know the population is creeping up, but it is a small market. There are only so many supermarkets we need. I know you'd probably prefer more of them to be uh, Lidl than your competitors. But nonetheless, your competitors are out there. They are... Uh, you know, Tesco, Musgraves, uh, Aldi, Dunn Stores, etc. Um, they're quite aggressive themselves. So how many legal stores could the Republic ultimately uh, house? Yeah, it's a very competitive grocery market at the minute, and we're actually seeing deflation in the market at the minute. Um, again, for Lidl, and what's very positive for us at the minute is our customer numbers week on week are growing. We have over 1.5 million people that walk through our doors every, every day every week, excuse me, and that number is growing and growing. So the Irish consumer is demanding more value, more quality, and more and more what they're seeing when they come through the doors at Lidl is they're seeing that quality, and they're seeing it at a price that our competitors can't offer. So our commitment to our customers will always be the highest quality produce at the lowest possible price. So as regards what the potential is in the market, the potential is growing and growing for Lidl every week, every month. So at the minute, our ambitions is to have 200 stores. Um, but hopefully, by the time we get to 200, our ambitions will have grown even larger. And is your ambition to be the number one player in the market? Because you have a market share at the minute of about 11.5%. Uh, Tesco would be the market leader. They're about double that, roughly speaking. Is your ambition to get to number one, ultimately? Yeah, I don't want to correct you on your figures, but 11.9% of the market um, is what we have at the minute. And yes, the three largest retailers in the country are sitting at roughly twice that. It is a very competitive market at the minute. We don't have any figure in our head from a market share point of view or any ambitions to get that. What we have an ambition to do is continue to grow, to continue to offer our customers improved quality at the best price. And as long as our customers continue to come through the door, as long as we continue to gain customer numbers, increase the spends in our stores and offer our customers more, we'll continue to grow. But we don't have an ambition. We, do, we don't have a number at this stage that we're looking to get to. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, what's the average spend for a Lidl customer? Um, varies greatly across our stores. So 
Um, with the introduction of our fresh bakery in stores, obviously we would have seen a lot items, a lot lower spend coming across our stores because we're selling items for as low as 39 cents in our bakery. Um, it reduces the spend greatly. So depending on whether you include bakery, take away bakery, you're talking of somewhere along, along the lines of between 20 and 30 euro for the average spend. Okay. Um, what's your best performing store? Um, very difficult question because um, there's lots of metrics in which we mark performance. So performance can be based on turnover, it can be based on profit, it can be based on customer numbers, so it can be based on catchment. You can, you can be performing above your competitors within a certain catchment. So we don't compare stores on best performance because there's a wide metrics of stores. We've recently opened stores in smaller markets. Last year we opened a store in Bantry, which previously would have been a town that we would have hemmed and hawed about whether or not the catchment was large enough. We've seen phenomenal growth in that store since we've opened that store, and we've taken a large portion of the catchment within that catchment, albeit a smaller catchment than you'd see here in somewhere like Tala. If you look in Tala in general, there's well over 100,000 people in the catchment of Tala. We have five stores in that catchment. We actually also have our head office. We have over 500 staff living in the Tala or working in the Tala area. So every catchment is different. The potential for each store is different. Um, the operational costs in stores are different, so we don't have better performance stores than others. But thankfully, every one of our stores is performing better and better every year. So it's a very good news story for us. Now, just in terms of your formats, obviously you've you've come into this market and you've rolled out a lot of supermarkets uh, across the country of different shapes and sizes. But as you move forward, it might be more difficult, perhaps, to uh, to roll out that format in certain areas. You might reach saturation point in certain areas. Just wondering if, let's take Dublin, for example, uh, on the, the high street, if we might call it that. Uh, are we going to, is Lidl looking at convenience formats that we might see uh, in city centre locations? We're continuously reviewing the market as to exactly what our format is and how flexible our format is. We have to remember that the number one for our customers is quality produce at the best price. I've said it a few times today. And in order for us to offer the best price, we have to have a very efficient business model. And that also includes our stores. And that includes the delivery of stock to our stores, the operation of our stores, and the staff in our stores. So it's vital for us that we don't try to increase our market share to such a point that we reduce our efficiencies, that we can't offer the best price to our customers. So we're continuously monitoring the situation on city centre formats, but it's not something we're overly aggressive at at the minute. However, in Dublin city centre, for example, we have, we're very well represented. Um, we have recently opened stores in Cabra. We're opening a store in two weeks' time in Grange Gorman in the new, beside the new DIT campus. And you mentioned there about flexibility in our model. Um, in development at the minute, we have a development in Castle Knock where we're developing six retail units, we're developing eight apartment blocks, or eight, eight apartments, we're developing 460-bed student accommodation in Ballymun. So absolutely, we're changing. It is more difficult to build one-off standard stores, so we're having to be very flexible, but we are very flexible, and if we want to put a store in a specific area, we will do whatever we have to do to work with the local authority, to work with um, the local community uh, to get that store there. So it's definitely changing from a planning point of view and from a flexibility point of view, but that's something we're very keen to work with. And in areas where you're developing apartments, let's say, do you sell those apartments? Do you rent them out? Do you keep them for your own staff? How does that work? Um, we're very agile in our property um, departments, so um, 
sometimes we will sell a brownfield site, a greenfield site, sometimes we will develop the site and sell it, sometimes we will develop and rent it. So we have examples of everything across the way. So for example, in Ballymun at the minute, where we're developing uh, 460-bed student accommodation, we will build that, develop it, and sell it to a user at the end. In Castle Knock, where we're developing eight uh, retail units and six uh, commercial premises, we will rent them to the end user. So we're very flexible in what we do, and we're, again, up the road here in Belgarde, we're developing uh, another site there with two retail units and a public house beside it, which, again, we'll decide in the coming weeks exactly how we operate or sell them units as well. And that's in response to what the planners want, I presume, is it? Uh, It's a combination of planners, zoning, and also the local community as well, um, where we, we... we have to maximise the value of our sites as well without compromising on the customer service, which I mean by car parking for our customers as well. Sure. And you have a new distribution plan for Newbridge, which has been reported on. Tell us about that. Yeah, so delighted that we started constructing in Newbridge uh, on Monday, so yesterday, this week. Um, it's a €80 million Euro development. Um, it will be one of the largest bills in the country this year and next it's uh, just to put it into context, it will be roughly three times the size of the Aviva Stadium. So it's a phenomenal development. And how many staff will be employed there when it's open? So we currently have 250 staff in Newbridge in the facility, and we will be increasing that to 350 staff. So an additional 100 full-time jobs in the Newbridge area this time next year as well. And what about Brexit, Alan? Everybody's talking about Brexit, if there's going to be a no-deal Brexit. Uh, what impact might that have on your business? Not unlike any boardroom across the country, Brexit is a a weekly topic or a daily topic for us as well. The reality is, in the vacuum of information or without knowing exactly what's going to happen, we have prepared for many eventualities. But what I can guarantee you for Lidl is we'll be extremely agile. Whatever the outcome is, that we'll be able to react very, very fast. What's, I suppose, for ourselves is, is, is unique is, as a board of directors in Ireland, we manage both Lidl Northern Ireland and Lidl Ireland so we get to see the effect from both sides so we have lots of plans in place but again we're a very very agile company and whatever the outcome from the Brexit negotiations we'll be very quick to act. And just in terms of contingency plans are you are you looking are you considering uh, stockpiling certain goods whatever goods you can stockpile for let's say a number of uh, weeks? No um, we have looked at our full supply chain um, be that across Europe what we import, what we export to the UK. and We're more concerned for some of our suppliers who we've worked with over the last 20 years who export to the UK. Um, We're more concerned for them than ourselves. We have um, operations across the UK and Europe, so for a business like us, we are quite agile. We we will be be able to react very quick to whatever the outcome of Brexit is. We have Budget 2019 coming up. Um, If there was one thing you'd like Pascal Donoghue to do that might benefit your business, what would it be? We're very happy in the Irish market at the minute. It's a very competitive market, as I've said, um, but we feel we're performing very, very strongly in it. As regards government, as regards one thing from an industry point of view, it would be around the point of planning permissions and the anti-competitive nature of some of our, of some of our competitors in the planning process. It's not a budget topic, but it's more of a government topic that I'd like them to address. Um, and just finally, Alan, what's the secret sauce to Lidl's success? The secret sauce is efficiency. Um, What our customers see every day is the best quality products at the lowest price. We can do that and we can offer that by being the most efficient business, the most efficient retailer out there. And that's 
we will always continue to offer our customers the best quality at the lowest price. And to do that, we need to continue to be the most efficient retailer out there. All right, Alan Barry, thank you for joining us. Okay, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to Alan Barry and his legal colleagues in Fortunestown. Uh, Declan Conlon produced the show. He was also the sound engineer, a busy boy this week. And don't forget, you can get the latest business news straight into our inbox by signing up to our business today email at irishtimes.com. And you can also follow the Irish Times business feed on Twitter and Facebook. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.